Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Welcome to another episode of That Disney Parks Podcast. I'm Nick, and on this episode I'm joined by Mr. D. Howdy doody. We are joined by Craig. Howdy diddly doody doody diddly doody do. Right, and we are joined so by nice P-Dubs. Hello and welcome. Thank God. Thank <laughs> God. Mr. D's introduction was fine. You know, Craig then had to Craig it up, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I've had about three hours, Kit, mate. My head's like Swiss cheese. I don't see how that's any different to normal, but okay. I mean, the Swiss cheese bit, not the not the sleep. The sleep, I understand. Um, so yeah, I get this is. I, I was trying to work out the time frames because this could be like a bonus one. Have we recorded five episodes this this month already? I can't remember. Like it's. Feels like there's an extra week in here that we're not used to. Yeah, but... this is an extra one. There you go. This, well, is, uh, this is a bonus show. Yeah. Well, I might I might put it out publicly on the first of September. Yeah, yeah, September's episode. Boom. Yeah. And then and then and it's good. The Patreons get it in August. Public get it in September. There's your apples. Um, but yeah, we're just here to talk a little bit about some news. And uh, P-Dubs suggested, as it is getting very close to uh, Disney Plus Day, does anybody want to try and do the Disney Plus jingle? Okay. And because... (laughs) That's the start of D23. So we thought we would talk about uh, predictions of what we are hoping, expecting uh, to be brought up at the D23 expo so that's what we'll be doing um no going for gold because craig didn't think of one and no exit for the same reasons although i think p-dubs you did your own version of eat it didn't you <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> with with the release of the halloween disneyland food <laughs> yeah I'm, can... I'm i'm coming back looking like fat bastards <laughs> um so before we get into that we should always uh, find out what everybody's drinking. So, uh, Craig, you'll come to you first because I think well, I know what you're going to be drinking. Well, very boring. I've got a litre of orange squash. Oh, it's a girly drink. Uh, yeah, I know. such a girl. Uh. And on the side, I've got a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> you are fucking welcome. Jesus a hard-boiled God. egg. Cheers, bastard. Just think about that, Mr. D. Right, mm. he's got a glass of orange squash and he's literally washing that down mm. with a boiled egg. <laughs> he's yeah, a psycho. Egg, he's yeah. a psycho. Yeah. Ah, that was lovely. 
If you said to me what goes with orange squash, I would not have said a hard boiled egg. But no. what do I know? I know nothing. I know nothing, John Snow. I mm. don't think anything goes with a hard boiled egg. So, yeah. bit of salt, bit of butter. To be fair, not much goes with orange squ- squash either. Cause bit of ice, bit of vodka. Yeah, guess not food wise though. Um, Mr. D, belated birthday wishes. If if the public are listening to this, they're well missed the boat. If it's the Patreons, they've only just missed it. So yeah. Um. How, well, how, how, did you have a good birthday? <laughs> <laughs> Copying you from earlier. Um, this is Disney passing beyond the musical. <laughs> I don't give you ideas. Um. No. Did you have a good birthday? And what are you drinking? I had a good birthday, thank you. It was a good day. And I'm actually drinking one of my birthday presents. So I was hoping I got, you were going to say that. Yeah, I got a bottle of JJ Whiteley's Blood Orange Gin. And I've also got, I've actually got a Clementine Tonic Water. So it's very orangey theme. But, well, that's a funny thing, though. What colour do you think JJ Whiteley's Blood Orange Gin is? If you were just a shot in the dark, what would you think? Well, I know what colour I think it should be. Yeah. But I'm going to assume it's, like, clear. No, it's actually yellow. It's, like, really bright yellow. It's not orange at all, but there we are. It does taste orangey. Like a yolk. Well, like orange squash, actually. Or Fanta. uh, Yeah, because orange squash is more yellowy than orange, isn't it? The further you go around the world, though, have you noticed this? The further you go around the world, Fanta gets more orange in colour. So ours is very yellow. Yeah. For some reason, but if you go across Europe, if you go to uh, America, yeah. it is very orange. Yeah, very orange. I don't, I don't get it. And, and if you give me about another two minutes, I'm um, just waiting for the egg to boil. Um, I'll be having a hard-boiled egg with my gin. Yes. Well, you have to. You've got an orange gin. All right. You've got mm. an orange gin with uh, an orange tonic. Yeah. The the only accompaniment is egg. Yeah. I wonder Think. if the egg will float in the in the gin. You mean like I a bit did. like an olive? Yeah, I like did. an olive, yeah. 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 We will uh, float down here. <laughs> I hope I hope you'll say it doesn't float. Uh, <laughs> P dubs, what are you drinking? So to complete the orange trio, um, I am drinking of the juice variety. <laughs> okay. Well, you'll be pleased to know, to make it a, a quartet, I am drinking a Pepsi Max Orange. Their new limited... No, no, I'm not really. It's just, just cherry. Just this episode is sponsored by the Orange Bird. No, Pepsi really. Max Egg Edition. There better be some news about that then. Um, right, speaking of which, let's go and have a look at uh, what non-egg activities are going on inside the parks. Unless, Craig, of course, you've got some egg news from Disney World. Uh, what are the egg situations like in Disney World at the moment? Give me, but, you know. give me five minutes. Craig's going to do some research. Good stuff. Um, does anybody want to go first? Anything uh, particularly tickling their fancy? I'm quite happy to go first. Um, a topic we've talked about a lot over probably the last 18 months to, to two years Um the Galactic Star Cruiser is now taking reservations through to September 2023. Um, beginning on the 25th of August, Club 33 members and Golden Oak residents were eligible to 
book those dates uh, and general bookings for all guests begin on the 1st of September. Okay, so uh, it's not closing down just yet. <laughs> not quite yet. Good times. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still, I think the buzz has gone. I'm seeing less and less people talking about it. Now, obviously, every time you get a, uh, a group that go on, you know, a very small handful of those will probably take to social media to talk about that experience. I, I get that. But if you look at the first, you know, few months where people were, you know, coming off really excited, you know, wanting to share their haul, wanting to share their experiences, share their favourite actors, all that kind of stuff, it's gone really, really quiet. That's because the first couple of cruises were all vloggers and bloggers, wasn't it? No, oh no, no, absolutely. Like the first, the first month or two, yes, a hundred percent. But like, it, it just feels that it's really died off. Like I would, mm. I would say, I'd see about an average of anywhere between one and five posts a week on some of the bigger Facebook groups for Disney World talking about Galactic Star Cruiser or their experience of being on there and now maybe one a week yeah the buzz does seem to have died off a little bit um but it's it's interesting it'd it'd be it'd be lovely to know if we could have that information about how full they are Mm-hmm. Because again, we know that the first few months it was very busy, but yeah. we also know that it was they had lots of dates available over the summer when you would expect that to be, you know, mm-hmm. rare uh, availability because of how busy the parks are. So it'd be interesting to see what that uh, is like. But the fact that you can like book basically a year in advance mm. is interesting to me. Yeah, mm. but the price hasn't come down. I take it. Because it's limited to people at the moment, I don't think those prices have appeared yet. Mm. I still think it will be, I still think it will do okay. I think think it's a small, small number of people. And I think, you know, there are, there are those people out there that have got that kind of money and, and want to do it. And I, I still think it will do okay. If it was a huge hotel, no, it, it, it wouldn't work. But keeping it small and exclusive and expensive just seems to work. I do think its biggest problem, which is also probably its biggest positive, is how interactive it is. Mm-hmm. Because I, I know a lot of people have been put off by how immersed you are. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not for everybody, for sure. No. And I think that that is, you know, if it, if it didn't have that, then yeah. I think it probably would be more popular. At the same time, though, if it didn't have that, would you have the, you know, would certain people certainly be eager to to go? If it was just a a very kind of regular park experience, do you know what I mean? So it, it's a it's a it's a tough line. I mean, I I definitely now with all the things I've seen and read. I've got absolutely no interest, even if they lowered that price. You know, before it was the price put me off more than anything else. Now it's the actual experience itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 hard. I think the, 
The problem is because of how immersive it is, you would think that there's a much smaller pocket of clientele to to go for it. Yeah. So, hmm. but another year, so yeah. <clears throat> good stuff, uh, Mister D. Mm. Um, interesting, very interesting. So obviously, Mickey's not so scary returned in its full glory this year after a kind of cut down version of it previously, but the ticket prices went up significantly. Um, looks like from, from what I've seen, it looks like, uh, although the price has gone up, that maybe they've reduced the capacity because it, pre COVID it was, it was very busy. Um, but the interesting thing is just um, how the sales are gone. Now remember if it is reduced capacity, then, it's maybe less surprising that it is selling out, but it is it is properly selling out. So August is gone completely. Uh, well, I mean August is over now, but it, it was sold out. Uh, September has only got one remaining date, the twenty ninth, and at the minute October four dates in October have sold out. The eleventh, the second, the thirtieth, and the thirty first are all sold out. So you. I guess you can predict that as we get nearer October and it and it is becomes more proper Halloween season, it's um it's probably going to sell out on all the nights. So you know, um, successful from that point of view. Be interesting to see what happens in future years whether they they start to creep the the numbers back up again. Um, but that will that will make it. There's a risk in that, I guess. If if they creep the numbers up, but the prices are still going up, or the prices are high, then will be people will be less uh, less pleased about that. But uh, certainly for now, the strategy seems to be working. So yeah, would like to have gone, but I'm talking away. And hmm. no one's answered. You're on mute, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, what I was trying to say mm-hmm. was, I do think it's very interesting because we've all been mm-hmm. um, to Mickey's Not So Scared. Or actually, P Dubs, have you been to Mickey's Not No, so I've only been to California. Merry, Merry Christmas. Right. I've done. So, but you, you, but you've done a similar event in that regard. Yeah. And yeah. the problem is. Um, with with the Halloween ones, especially in October, uh, in my experience, or you, if you go early, that's also really busy. But those events do get really busy, and you're paying a premium. But what are you actually getting for your money? Now, I think, I think it might be Amber was saying that Boo to You is her favourite uh, park parade. And yeah, I mean, I I think a lot of people feel the same way. It's a, yeah. a fantastic parade, but yeah. if you take those things out like that, like the um, special fireworks displays that they have for the event, mm. but what you actually get for the night itself, um, it can be quite unsatisfactory because if you go on a really busy night, the exclusive meet and greets are really hard to. Uh, to get you'll be queuing for hours otherwise yeah um you know actual trick or treating is very hit and miss um depending on 
uh, how busy the parks are and so how much they've got to give out. Um, and also, you know, one of the, the, the things is the ability to go on attractions when the park is closed to the public. So it's only the guests at that event. And if you've got a really busy night, the wait times can still be quite long. So I think by lowering, lower, lowering the capacity but increasing the price, it means that you are obviously paying more, but you're getting more of the experience because yeah. you're in a more exclusive number of people that are going. Um, the problem will be, Mr. D, like you said there, if you keep that price, because look, we've always said, you know, Disney, you can moan about prices, but Disney will raise prices until people stop paying them. People are paying these prices, so it's going to remain. The problem will be then, though, if they say double the capacity now, but keep that ticket price the same, will people still want to pay that money? Yeah, that's the problem, I think, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I love... Mickey's not so scary. I mean, we've been a few times we went in 2019. It was busy. Um, but, you know, the parade, the fireworks, the shows, you got little dance parties if you're into that. The trick-or-treating was really good and they actually had options for, for people that were maybe didn't want to eat candy. So they had, they had other things. Salad leaves. <laughs> I saw thing protein bars and things like that. Um, <laughs> Eggs for Craig. Oh, so that. it is a it is a good it is a good event, um, but it's just if you're a family of four or five or whatever, it's a very expensive event. So if they're keeping the numbers down, and you're getting you know you're getting a chance to experience the things that you want to experience, you'll never do everything. But if you can get to see the parade without you know, too much hassle if you can get to see the fireworks because usually I think they run the fireworks twice so you've got two chances at it. So if you can get to see the fireworks again without it feeling like it's an absolute zoo, um, then then good. You know, that's, that's possibly worth the money but if they're charging the kind of money they're charging now and it goes back to what it was pre-COVID, then eesh, I don't know. Not sure, but we'll see. I mean, it seems to be working for this year, but I guess they'll use that as a test case and figure out. You know, I would imagine they'll probably tweak capacity up next year if they if they see it selling out this year. You got to believe they'll they'll plus it up a little bit. Whether it'll be noticeable or whether they'll just creep it up every year, who knows? But be interesting to find out. And the thing is, like this is a an interesting year because we are in this country. But elsewhere as well, we are seeing a, a, an energy crisis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are seeing bills go up. Obviously, uh, America has just written off a load of student debt, um, which has been controversial for some people for some reason. Um, you know, we are getting to times now where disposable income is once again um, going to really fall uh, below where it has been. You know, we, it's not not necessarily recessions, but recessions do appear to be on the horizon for certain countries. Yeah. Um, at that point, that is when stuff like Disney World trips, uh, Disney uh, events, start to kind of become less important. Um, so it's going to have a knock-on effect, right? Yeah. So, 
yeah, I think this year is different because people have been saving their money. They weren't taking trips during uh, 2020, 2021. So people have got more money to play around with. Next year, different ball game, And I think it will be interesting because no matter what happens this year, next year is going to be completely different, I think. Um, we've, I think we've done it twice, 2017. We did it open at night and it was rammed. And yep. 2019, we did it on the last night of our holiday, and I think it was open at night again, and again it was rammed. Um, for a family of four, potentially $800 to go in August when it's clearly not Halloween and the sweat's running down your back, I'm not dropping that money anymore. I'm not prepared to do it. Even I'm drawing the line. Bloody it's, exact, it's exactly the same, give or take, a, a, a cupcake here. And a, a, an actor there, um, it's virtually exactly the same as what it was last year, or what you know what I mean before COVID. Yeah. I, I don't feel the need to go and see it again. I don't think you need to do it every year. I mean, obviously, it depends how often you visit, but certainly for us, I mean, once every I, few years is probably okay. I think. I think I think it'd be a bit more relevant, obviously, closer to Halloween. Where yeah. I know I know you're in Florida, so it's not mm. really autumnal. But, you know, it's a little bit, or, you know, it is, it, it's going dark earlier, there's a bit of a cold snap. Not not in August. I think it's a terrible thing that they do that, put it in August. I just think it's silly. Yeah, I guess they're catching the end of the, the, end of the holiday season, aren't they? But, um, yeah, you know. It didn't used to be. I mean, it used to be later. But then so did Halloween Horror Nights. I mean, Halloween Horror Nights starts in a couple of nights, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, earlier, I, earlier this year. I watched a video... Um, Expedition Theme Park did a video on one of the uh, icons from a, a previous Halloween Horror Nights and it was um, the uh, director from I think it was 13 so that's all the way back in what 2003 or something like that mm-hmm. and they showed a clip of the advert for that event and uh, it said uh, it, it starts on the 5th of October mm-hmm. you know and now What's the first night? Like the second of September or something? Yeah, something like first that. First of September. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it's so it's so early this year. I mean, even when we, um, when we when we went last time, I think that year it was like the eleventh of September or mm. something. It was still quite early uh, in the season. Um, yeah, so second, you're right. Second of September. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I knew I knew it was early. Um, so do you know what I mean? Like it's. They do it because they can make money, but like Craig, I think too early and it just doesn't feel right. It, like If they turned around, you know, it, let's say they, they scrapped Mickey's Not So Scary, right, because it suddenly dwindled in popularity. It's not going to happen, but let's say it did. And they said, well, you know what? People love Christmas, so we're going to start the Christmas celebrations in October. Like That, that wouldn't feel right to me either. They start on the eighth of November. <laughs> yeah, no, but do, do you know what I mean? Like, if they if they instead yeah. start it in the beginning of October mm. or something instead, like it would just be so far out yeah. that I I think it loses the the impact. Um, so I'm with, I'm with Craig. Like mm. September still feels a bit early for for Halloween events, but August is is like ludicrous to me. Mm. Um, so. 
I think I think Halloween Hollow Nights can justify it a little bit um, because it's a brand new event every year, and it I don't know you can just sort of get away with that, and and the price point is so different, you know, virtually for the same price as a one day ticket at Mickey's, you can get a frequent fear ticket or whatever and go multiple nights if you want. Well, yeah, and the other thing as well is what do you get for that money? You know, we talked about it. Really, you get a great parade, you get some special fireworks shows, and you diabetes. get some diabetes, and you get some uh, normally harder to to get meet and greets. Like characters will be out that don't normally come out throughout the rest of the year. That's it. Halloween Horror Nights, you get ten brand normally ten brand new houses that you get to experience and live shows and scare zones and the parks open for you to ride attractions as well. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you seem to get a lot more bang for your buck. So I agree with you, Craig, there that they probably can justify it starting a bit earlier. And even, and again, when you're starting in September, you're basically starting what? Seven weeks, eight weeks before Halloween. When you're starting that in, in August, it's almost three months. Well, two and a half months before Halloween. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it just feels a lot further out. I mean, I think they're just trying to just trying to join up the events, really, aren't they? Yeah. So you've got you've got the summer holidays, which for US kids usually end about the middle of August, third week in August, depending on where the school school district is, but. So now they're starting Halloween then, and then Halloween runs into the holiday season, which is Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, you've got you've got food and wine kind of straddles that. Uh, you've got flower and garden runs up to food. You know, the, plus you've got marathon events and things like that. Easter, so they're they're trying to have something continuously going on, some reason to go. Um, if Disney if Disney were brave, right, they own the the rights to so many horror films now because they've basically bought everything they could take one of the other parks that isn't the Magic Kingdom and they could do their own version of Halloween Horror Nights no problem Hollywood Studios is prime for it absolutely yeah yeah. always has been yeah yeah but it's just it's just it's not their market really is it their market is definitely the family market it is but the thing is like if you look at the asian parks they have they have gone down that route they have actually um in the past put on a couple of uh you know mazes haunted houses whatever you want to call them that are aimed more at adults they weren't as extreme as as halloween horror nights they, there wasn't like you know blood and gore everywhere um, but it, they were spooky, and they were, you know, a bit freaky. So they they did start to touch on it at Disneyland last year. Yeah. Well, so yeah. there is a you you can, and also as well, do Mickey's not so scary if you want in Magic Kingdom. Do another Halloween event in the studios. I mean, Two different markets. A, imagine the Tower of Terror walkthrough house. Well, Disneyland Paris did it back in the day. P Dubs, didn't they? Yeah. They wow. used to have like a couple of nights. I mean, it's Halloween. Like the actual Halloween events have always been very short, haven't they? Normally, one or two nights a year. Yeah, they'll do a ticketed event. But there were a few years where they were adult parties. 
And I want to say, like, you know, the age was 16 up for I'm those events. That, uh, I'm reading the Stormtrooper zombie book at the moment. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So the stuff that he could do. Oh, no. Yeah, of course. Of course. They've got enough IPs to do it. I mean, bloody Marvel zombies, for example. But As going... I say, that's I what they touched on at Disneyland. Yeah. I think I think a more realistic thing for for Disney would would be like a family version of Halloween Horror Nights. I don't think they'll move to an adult the, the sort of adult version that the two Universal's off, got. But I, I think they could do a spooky bit of fun version of it um, that wouldn't raise blades in the apples. I, th- I think you could run with the night you're not running. Mickey's, you could run something edgy at Hollywood Studios, and I, I even think if you're staying on property, there's that many people staying there. There's so many people who would quite happily not go to Mickey's and go to the other events, and Disney would be actually fighting back at that point and taking some of the market off Universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we know there are people that like the atmosphere but don't like the houses. Ticket price so, it differently so buy to sell it as a multi-day event and all that i think it, i think they'd clean up but going back to another thing you said mr dean about the the fact that the knights have sold out um you know from from a business point of view that's a very good message the fact that you know as we've established the reason why they can say they've sold out is yeah. because they're actually selling less tickets per yeah. night but you'll you want to focus on the headlines and if yeah. you can turn around and say well this year massive success we've uh sold yeah. out 30 out of 50 dates mm-hmm. so that's the good news about good. that because that's a double-edged sword the good news about that is next year they can't whack the capacity back up to what it was before because then it'll be a bad news story then mm. it'll be like well last year we sold out everything and this year we're struggling to sell it out well what are they going to do then? Come up, come clean and say, well, that's because we ramped the capacity back up again. No, I don't think they can do that. So so hopefully that means that they, I'm sure they will tweak the capacity, but hopefully it's a tweak and not back to what it was, what it was getting to be before COVID. Because it was still an expensive event even before COVID. It wasn't as yeah. expensive, but I mean, for a family of four, you were probably still spending four or $500. Um, and... And it, you know, on some of the nights, it was it was rammed, you know. And I can remember when we first went. I mean, '98 was our first time we went to well Disney World, and we went to Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, sorry, we went to Mickey's Not So Scary, and everything was a walk-on. I mean, it, it was literally Splash Mountain, Peter Pan, whatever. It was just literally five-minute wait, as well as being able to watch the fireworks and do the trick-or-treating and watch the parade and stuff like that. So. It's definitely massively grown in popularity. Oh, and and that's the thing. Like there are there are things that you know add value. Mm-hmm. Definitely said so, like boo to you is the parade everyone should watch at least once. But at what point do you say that's too much to justify it? And and for Craig, he's hit that zenith now. I mean, I I think when we went in two thousand ten, I want to say it was about one hundred eighty. Uh, dollars for the two of us to go, two adults to go. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And and now that's the price of one adult. I mean, we're a party of ten when we go next year. 
And mm. the babies last time were three, basically. But now they need a ticket because they're, they're over two or whatever. Yeah. So you're talking as a family, potentially $2,000. Yeah, for one night. For one night. One night. And you've got to queue up. Mm. I want to be carried on Mickey Mouse's back for $2,000. <laughs> Um, Craig, while we've been talking about Mickey's not so scary, uh, did you find any exciting news? No. Okay. Uh, P Duffs, was there anything else from you? Yeah, uh, something that uh, gets a lot of people excited is the bath products in the hotels, mm. uh, H2O. Um, they are retiring after 33 years. Um, they are closing their business. Uh, so far, there's not been any announcement from Disney, um, but we can only assume that that will also affect them. Yes. Uh, I saw this news uh, a few days ago, and our friends over on Diz Down Under were also talking about it. They are big fans of the H2O products. They normally uh, manage to find some of those products in their luggage when they get home. I'm yeah. still uh, using them now, three years later. Yep. Uh, some of that actually made its way over to England as well when they sent me a care package. Thank you very much, guys. I've still got some of it left. Um, so it, it, it's stuff that people do generally uh, really like. Obviously, they went a bit more eco-friendly of late, so um, you weren't getting the small uh, travel-sized versions of those products uh you were having to use the reusable dispensers in your rooms uh but people still love the products and now they're they're going away and like pete i've said I, at first when i saw the news i saw it as uh you know disney deciding to uh cut ties but actually it looks like it's the other way around it's actually h2o that are uh going out of business yeah so that's probably quite a lucrative contract, you'd like to think. Imagine in in so. some ways, I mean, that, there, there was a story, wasn't there? Or, or I don't think it's it's rumour, I think it is fact that, you know, Coke pay Disney to put their products in their parks. Yeah. So they're basically giving them away for free. I, I would imagine that's not going to be the same kind of deal for a company like H2O. Um, but having your products used across Disney resorts and uh, cruise lines and whatnot has got to be great marketing for your products. So that's probably going to be of interest to a few companies at the moment. Yeah, I would imagine there'll be some big names. Yeah. Maybe we can speculate on that later on. Um, Mr. D, anything else from you? Uh, a few little tweaks. I mean, they continue to tweak Genie Plus. A um, couple of little things. I mean, they are probably quite small, but I think uh, they'll be quite quite useful to people. So, obviously, from a park hopping point of view, you need a park reservation for your first park, and then you can't park hop to your second park until two p.m. Um, and it used to be that you had to you had to check in at your first park, so you had to physically go to the first park and go into that park so that you could then later on 
go to the second park, you don't have to do that now. So even though you say you've got a park reservation for Magic Kingdom, but you want to go to Epcot later in the day, used to be you had to go to the Magic Kingdom and actually go through the turnstiles, and then later after two p.m. you could you could get into Epcot. No, you don't need to do that. If you just decide, oh, we're not going to go to the Magic Kingdom, you then have to wait until two p.m. But you can you can then get into Epcot. So that's one little change. And then also, there's been a lot of criticism about the fact that when you go to book your Genie Plus, um, you will see a time frame, and you click on that, and by the time you actually get there, you get a different you get a different time. Um, that was frustrating people. They've kind of fudged that a little bit in that you don't get to see the time until you actually click on it. So you still get that later time, but you didn't get the the first time that was that then disappeared. So that's interesting. Then also they show on the app, they show um, once you've got your first Genie Plus, they show when your next Genie Plus would be would be available. Um, so they continue to just tweak in and enhance it. And obviously that's on the back of some other changes they made recently where um, rides that had temporarily gone from individual attraction selection to Genie Plus have have now been made. I don't know if it's permanent, but you know they've they've, they've said that they will stay as Genie Plus attractions. So that's things like Ratatouille and Frozen and Epcot. They were mm. originally individual attraction selections, and then Expedition Everest and the Animal Kingdom. And Space Mountain in Magic Kingdom, uh, and also Mickey's Runaway Railway in the studio. So they've continued to to change things. I'm sure. I'm sure that that will keep happening as as they get feedback and they learn what works and what doesn't work and they try and optimize the thing. But um, yeah, just thought it was interesting that they continue to try and. Uh, improve I guess and these are I think these are improvements are small improvements but they're still improvements and the, the tweaks we, we said for like quite a long time that this was going to be uh, something that we would expect to see yeah. and here we are yeah so I mean I guess if you're if you're going on holiday to Walt Disney World anytime well anytime in the next foreseeable future just try and keep up to date with the Genie Plus stuff so you know what the latest is because it is an evolving picture. Fair enough. Um, only only bit of news that I've got is that uh, we have now seen uh, humans testing Tron light cycles. Mm-hmm. So that I guess opening date will be coming sooner. Yeah. Well, it's always coming sooner. Like every day that passes, it's getting nearer to when it's going to open than when it wasn't going to open. But um, yeah, the fact that they are now doing proper actual on-ride testing means that uh, yeah, we should we should get some dates uh, for that relatively soon. Mm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, P. Dubs, yep. anything else from you? No, that was it from me. And from you, Mr. D? Uh, the only other one I saw was that obviously Blizzard Beach has been closed for refurb, but it looks like they've 
they haven't posted dates for Typhoon Lagoon. So Typhoon Lagoon has been the only the only water park that's that's been open. Um, but it looks like um, Blizzard Beach is gonna is gonna open and and Typhoon Lagoon is gonna close for its winter refurbishment, which is which is what the cycle would have been kind of pre pre COVID. So Blizzard Beach is set to open late October. Um, but there's no opening time scheduled for Typhoon Lagoon beyond the 29th of October. So uh, it, it seems to be like that's when that's when Typhoon Lagoon is going to close. So again, if you've got a holiday coming up, just bear that in mind. During the winter, there's usually only one water park open, and that applies to us. So we get there on the 1st of November, which means it will probably be Blizzard Beach that will be open and Typhoon Lagoon will be shut. Um, so be interesting to see if there's anything new at Typhoon Lagoon because there was some speculation that they were putting something in based on a huge crane being being seen above the park so may just be refurbishment may just be maintenance but it could be something new I guess yeah that's good yeah well good and bad you know if you like both walls parts then not so good but yeah has to be done yeah it's gotta be done gotta be done Right, in that case, uh, let's leave the world of the parks and uh, have a bit of speculation. Did you know that we have a Patreon? I'm sure you do, it's been mentioned before, but just in case you don't know, we do have a Patreon. And on that Patreon, we have early releases of all our shows. We also have exclusive shows that you can only hear on our Patreon. And we've been doing this for years. So actually, if you subscribe to be a Patreon today, then you'll get access to the entire back catalogue. There's about four or five years worth of podcasts you've never heard because they've never been made available publicly except for the uh, the odd one we've released as a taster. Anyway, as well as that, we've got a Discord which we'll be launching later this summer for all of our Patreons to join. Uh, we've also got... A, a Facebook group which you can join as well um, an exclusive one that's only open to our Patreons but as well as that our Patreons are the lovely people who keep these podcasts going and now I will tell you who they are we've got Lee and Laura, Karen Chris we've got Kate and Mel Daniel, I met Daniel, he's a nice guy. Uh, we've got Paul and Sandy and Crystal, James, Nikki, Dan, Kevin, Dave, Sinead, Tom, Haley, David, David with an E at the end of his name. Uh, we've got Breaking Dad, great guys. Uh, we've got Rob, we've got Todd. We've got Jane and Steve, as well as Stephen. And we've also got Joe. Welcome aboard. So we thank you for your support of us now and your continued support. And if you would like to become a patron member yourself, please visit patreon.com forward slash that podcast. And I've even put a handy link in the show notes below. Thank you. Okay, so like we said at the top of the show, we are mere 
depending on when you listen to this, mere days away from the start of D23. And, of course, everyone's favourite day, other than their birthdays and uh, their anniversaries and Christmas and Halloween and Thanksgiving and bank holidays. Yes, it is, of course, Disney Plus Day coming up as well. Uh, we all love Disney Plus Day. We love the fact that, like, like our queen, the date can be whatever they damn well please it to be for their birthday. Um... But D23 traditionally is when we get a lot of announcements, a lot of reveals of different things. So, uh, P Dubs, uh, this was this was your idea, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I thought it'd be good to see see what we thought would be a likely outcome. So, as we did on the the Disneyland show the other day, we picked one that we thought was really likely, and one that we possibly would like. And there might be a chance that it could happen. Um, so that's how we did it. So for Disneyland Paris, I came up with, my idea was that we'd get a, another pavilion as such um, around the new lake, um, which Nick wasn't impressed because it looks like it's actually happening. <laughs> and well, leaked I mean, a couple impressed. of days later. I'm impressed with your <laughs> ability to, to call these things out. I'm not necessarily impressed with the actual news itself. No, but, you no know. It, was, it wasn't a particularly great one. Well, I suppose it depends on what else comes with it, but it looks like there's going to be a Rapunzel pavilion around the new the new lake. Um, and then the other one was, for me, I said that we might see uh, Alien Swelling Saucers added to Toy Story Land. Um, which was in the the artwork that we've seen, but hasn't been talked about. So I put that as my, well, maybe it might happen, but probably not. Um, so yeah, that that's just what I thought. So we'll give one that we think is, is a likelihood and one that we would like, or there's a possibility that it might. Now, did you want to do this as categories? Did you want to do like TV, film, uh, and parks, or did you just want just two ideas yeah, I from think, everybody? I think just two ideas keep it short and sweet. No, rather than going on. Fair enough. That's good for Craig. Um, so look, we, as we said, we recorded a Disneyland Paris podcast last week, um, and on that we we did. My suggestions on that were. Um, a new, if I remember correctly, a new Indiana Jones attraction. Yeah. And uh, the announcement of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway uh, to come to Disneyland Paris. Um, they were my two ones, but obviously I'll come up with two more for this uh, for this evening. Um, Craig, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. What do you think? What So, so as Pete, I've said, one that you would like to hear one that you think we will hear uh one that i think we need to hear is uh disney have got to come out fighting because that they're, t- they're getting bloody noses left right and center off at universal so i am predicting they're going to announce a fifth park and a, another deluxe hotel which is right bang in the middle of the fifth park That's that's bold. I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. It's that's very bold. Go, going out there, 
And in this park, they're going to be able to, um, instead of the mishmash of stuff that they have now, they're going to be able to have a Marvel land, a Star Wars land, uh, oh, whatever else, classics land, whatever. Okay. And what, what do you think we will hear? Uh, the animatronics in Splash Mountain are getting polished. <laughs> Just a that. New tr- a new track on Big Thunder Mountain. And everyone's like whooping and hollering and cheering and then realising what they've just listened to and going, oh. I I don't think there's anything you can do to Big Thunder Mountain except demolish it um, to make it on par with some of the superior versions that are out there already. And I, I don't think a new track would do that. You know what I mean? Something really, really anticlimactic. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to refurbish these animatronics that are going to be chucked away at the end of the year or whenever it's going to close. Yeah, fair enough. Um, Mr. D, what about you? Ew. This is a tough one, really. Um, I mean, I'd love to see... So, as Craig said, I think I think there needs to be a response to Universal. You know, they're going to be opening their new park, what, 2024, is it? Yeah, predicted. Yeah. So Disney, you know, given how long it takes them to actually do anything, they've got to know something now because, you know, Tron's probably going to be up and running by the end of the year. That's that's the last big attraction that they've got in the pipeline. The pipeline is is running dry. I think they've got to announce some big stuff. You know? Would you would you like so on that? So this mm-hmm. th- this is not taking away an answer from you. Don't worry. But mm-hmm. um, I think it's almost a given that we'll hear an opening date for Tron at D twenty three, won't we? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, and I, and I I think you know most people are saying it's going to be. be it's going to be in time for the Christmas holidays, which, which kind of makes sense given you know what, the fact that they're testing it with people and the fact that it's already a, a known attraction. So yeah, there's probably going to be some problems to solve, but they've they've already solved most of the problems. So, in terms of what I'd like to see, I'd like to see a couple of major development programs, and to some extent, it's it's kind of fulfilling the promises that they made previously on Epcot. Um, so the whole kind of you know kind of front area of the park that that you know obviously we've got the the Moana water area coming we're getting on with that but but more than that so you've got you still got some pretty big chunks of Epcot that that need some TLC and some new attractions I mean the Imagination Pavilion I'd love to see them put something keep the building because I think the building looks great it's kind of retro futuristic, retro-futuristic, if that makes sense, but, you know, keep the sort of basic building, but put something in it, you know, put put some good attractions in it. Mm. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot of affection for Figment and Dreamfinder and stuff like that. Well, fine, but, but make it a, make it a good attraction then. Yeah. If you want to keep, if you want to keep them and, you know, where Honey, I Shrunk the Audience was, put something in there, Another 3D movie, fine, okay, but but something relevant, something you know, good and modern and up to date. Um, so I'd, I'd still like to see major investment in uh, the front part of Epcot. 
but then also I think you know a lot of Nintendo World um, or a lot of the Universal stuff is targeted at younger audience so to me there's an opportunity to do something again in the Magic Kingdom you know they've invested quite heavily in Pandora and the Animal Kingdom and then you know Toy Story Land and Star Wars Land and the studios I think it's time to go back to Magic Kingdom because the last big change there was was Fantasyland and I don't mean I don't mean Tiana you know that's just a, a kind of makeover um, looking at the concept art so it's funny we talked about it last week I think the area that's right for it is Tomorrowland you know I think I, I think a, a big overhaul of Tomorrowland two or three new attractions replacing some of the attractions that are there some of the ones that we talked about in, in a previous episode, you know, things like uh, Autopia and um, Monsters Laugh Floor, possibly Buzz Lightyear, even even a reworking of Space Mountain. I, I like Space Mountain. I know it isn't everybody's cup of tea, but it, it could definitely be reworked um, and still be Space Mountain 2 or Space Mountain on steroids or whatever, whatever it is, but... So that's what I'd like to see, you know, a couple of major long-term, you know, 10-year, 5-year, 10-year plans announced for Epcot and for the Magic Kingdom. Um, That's what I think is required. I don't think they'll do a fifth gate. I'd love to see it, but I think think that's, you know, I think that's probably not on the cards anytime, anytime soon, but... Uh, in terms of what will we get, um, I don't know. I think we'll get. I think we'll get some smoke and mirrors. Really, I think we'll get a lot of distraction. I think, you know, there's there's things that they're done that are kind of trying to keep people busy in the parts without providing major attractions. And unfortunately, I think we'll get a bit more of that. You know, some of the interactive stuff and apps and um, you know little games and and things like that. Uh, I think it's smoke and mirrors, and um, that isn't what they need right now. So they need to throw some serious capital at it. And I, I know they don't want to do that. But I'm sure they don't want to do that. I'm sure Mr. Chapek doesn't want to do that. But I think that's what they got to do. Um, and and now, you know, they're already late. I think they're going to have a gap in their pipeline, and uh, they got to start filling the pipeline pretty fast. And they've got to move a bit faster than. Than they have done historically as well. You know, they got to get some attractions out in like 24, 25, 26, something like that, which isn't typically what they've done. No, and I think, I think the problem is, going back to what Craig said as well, we know how slow they are. Mm-hmm. If Disney announced at D23 they're building a fifth gate, just going back to what Craig was saying. When is that fifth gate going to be open? 2028? 2030? Like... At least. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, 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 like, granted, it's... When you're building something of that scale, it does mm-hmm. take time. But if you look at how quickly uh, Islands of Adventure was, was built back in the 90s, if you're looking at how uh, Epic Universe is being built right now, you know, that that's a big construction project which is going up pretty quick. Disney doesn't need to take six to eight years. No, I to just get don't think done. 
I just don't think you'll see a fifth gate. I just don't see. It. I think they. I think they'd put a park somewhere else. I think they'd put a park in South America before they. They'd put in a fifth gate, so I don't see that. But mm. I think they do need some major investment programs at Walt Disney World. The only thing that concerns me slightly is if you look at Disney's track record when they have done stuff. I'll call it quickly. Usually, it's when they've run out of money, but. It, it could translate to the same thing if they suddenly say right we need something in two years time then they've tended to regret it it's tended to be things like what they did at dca originally or you know some of the stuff they did at the studios in in paris where they end up you know coming back 10 years later and ripping it out and putting in some good attractions that that wouldn't be smart that wouldn't be a good thing to do to just take some off the shelf cheapo rides and give them a paint job and stick some characters here and there and, 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 and try and pam it off as a as a major attraction. That's not what they need to do right now. No, I think the the problem is as well, if you look back at the last D twenty three, like what what do you remember what was announced? Well, I mean I, I can't remember everything, but here's a few things that we saw announced at the last D twenty three. An Avengers e-ticket attraction for California Adventure, uh, based around the Quinjet. Mary Poppins' expansion for England Pavilion at Epcot. That uh, Wreck-It Ralph internet entryway to Epcot. The only thing that they announced, like from this list, is the Moana Water Fountain, which still isn't ready, but it's obviously still is actually under construction now. The other stuff has either been quietly cancelled or just yeah. nothing's been said about it ever since. Yeah. So that's the other problem as well, is that if we do get announcements of attractions, we have to take it with a pinch of salt, which should not be the case. This is your flagship event. Yeah, but that's, that's what's doubly scary, though, because, okay, if you announce 20 things and you only actually deliver 15 of them, Okay, you know, some people will say, "Well, what happened to these other five? But you have got to accept that things change. You know, they'll they'll have plans based on franchises or IPs that they think are going to be successful, and they don't pan out to be as successful, so they change the plans. Or something is surprisingly successful, like Frozen. You know, Frozen was a was a big surprise, so they take Maelstrom and they rework Maelstrom. So okay, that that's fine, but. 20 things, delivering 15 and no delivering 5, that's one thing, but they haven't got the 20 things right now. So, no. you know, they need to get the 20 things on the table, and then, yeah, if they only deliver 15, then we can moan at them, but they've still delivered 15, and that's fine, you know? Um, yeah. yeah they, 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 they've got to get some things on the table. When you announce 5 or 6 things, and mm. deliver 1, yeah, and not even deliver 1, because, again, Moana's not ready yet. That's no. it's under construction, but it's not ready to go. So, all the other things that they announced haven't happened, haven't even started, mm-hmm. or been quietly yeah. cancelled. That's yeah. that's not a good hit rate, um, and that that is the problem. Uh, I think yeah. of because the thing is, it gets you excited. Announcing yeah. things gets you excited, and you're right about stuff. But let's be honest, all the stuff they announced, uh, like then, so like Wreck It Ralph, like uh, Avengers. They've yeah. not they've not dwindled away. Mary yeah. Poppins is an interesting one because that announcement came after the film had came 
had come out and not been a particularly big success, but they were desperate to do something with the the IP yeah. that they weren't before, so they still yeah. announced it. But then did, quietly cancelled. Did they it. roll out Dick Van Dyke again? Yeah, to announce another attraction. Cool. At this I rate, he, he won't even be alive. <laughs> no, I'm sure he probably won't be. be. A CGI, be a CGI Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. But you know, Winston will do the will do the voice. <laughs> Hello. Call blimey, bet responsibly. Call blimey, Mary. I, I'm in Mary Bobbins. Um, yeah, it's 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 just not it's it's not a good look. And the thing is, like historically, like Disney have always done this, right? It, it, but the problem is, before they never did this publicly. So to give you two examples, both the Rocketeer um, and Dick Tracy both had attractions earmarked for Disney parks before those films came out. So the Rocketeer was going to be, uh, they were going to uh, rejig Astro Orbiters, so that you, instead of in rocket ships, you'd be like attached as like some kind of like jetpack harness. Um, and then with Dick Tracy, it was going to be a shooting game, which they yeah. they cancelled for two reasons. One of, the, one of them was the violence concerns, but the second one was because the film didn't do as well as they expected. So those... Those rides have been planned, but it's only years later when people have talked about those plans that you know about them. So the thing is, there was no disappointment in the 90s of hearing an announcement of this attraction's being done and it never turning out. What we do now is we get these really detailed plans of what we're going to get and then get nothing. And that's, that's a problem. I really hope they swipe my idea. I mean, they can have it, you know. I think a bibbidi bobbidi chapek boutique is, is the way to go. That's a major attraction, you know. Just I go think in, it they would... just get their head shaved and then they splat some uh, some glitter on there. It's the way to go. The, the Joss Tomorrow uh, boutique would be a, a much yeah. more uh, Instagrammable thing, I think. <laughs> but uh, yes, chapek would be the way to go. Um, P dubs. Yeah, uh, so I've got a couple of ideas. Uh, for the thing I'd like to see, but I don't think will, I'd like to see a revamp of Pixar Place in Hollywood Studios. Uh, it used to be a really fun place, meet and greets, uh, obviously the entrance to Toy Story Mania. Um, uh, and just, just re- it always felt like it had a decent atmosphere because it was a good thoroughfare. Um, and then, of course, they took the entrance to Toy Story Mania out and put that in... Toy Story Land took the meet and greets out. They did put the Incredibles in there for a while, but it wasn't the same after that. Me and Nick both walked up to it and walked back out again. And the only good point was the Joffrey's spot at the end of it, um, where I had a drink. Um, so yeah, I'd love to see something done with that. I don't think it will. Uh, I think that's going to be a forgotten spot, the same as um, where Little Mermaid and the art of animation and uh, and all of that stuff uh, has ended up being um, since they closed the the animation studio and and all of that. That's that's become a forgotten spot. And I think there's a few of them in in Hollywood studios. Um, and the thing I think will happen will be the the announcement of the retheme of Dinosaur uh, Dino Land USA. Um, now everything yeah. is pretty much gone. I think they will, to coincide with the release of the new film, announce that it will become an Indiana Jones land. Um, Interesting. 
because it's been it's been talked about for a while. Obviously, Dinosaur is the indie ride from Disneyland, um, just with a different theme to it. So it's a it's an easy fix. They don't have to change the the ride itself. It's just the the decoration. Um, and yeah, I I honestly think with what they did to it last year, taking at least one of the rides out, um, it's prime for a for a retheme. Uh, and with the the film coming out next year, I think Indy's the the obvious choice. Cool. Well, that was short and sweet and to the point, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go a bit different. I think that this is uh, where we're going to get some more meat on the bones from the recent Marvel panel at San Diego Comic-Con. So we got a huge data dump of uh, upcoming films and projects. Some trailers were shown. It'll be interesting if they get shown at D23 and then they get released publicly because uh, one of those was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, got a really good response. Um, But we... There was no publicly released footage from that. Um, Also the same for Secret Invasion. Didn't they show some footage from that as well, P-Dubs? Yes, I believe so. Uh, But again, we didn't didn't actually see that um, going ahead uh, outside of that hall. So I wonder if they might show that at D23 to the panel, well, to the guests in attendance, and then like maybe a week after get those released publicly. So there's some hype building around those. But... We got a lot of titles. We didn't get a lot of information about what those films would be. The The obvious one is Fantastic Four. And that's the one that people have been dying to find out who the cast is going to be. So I think, because they didn't announce anything at San Diego, I think this could be where that hype train starts up. They've got a new director. Is that been confirmed now, P-Dubs, or is that still... No, it's it's still up in the air, but he was meant to be directing another film, which he's left. Yep. Um, so it's pretty obvious that that's what's happened, that basically Marvel have gone, look, you've worked for us before, come and have probably our biggest franchise available uh, and leave that one alone. Yep. Yep. So I think that will be officially confirmed, and I think we'll get the first... Uh, cast announcements as well for that film and there's been some rumours flying about this this week about who might be cast as uh, Reed Richards who isn't John Krasinski so that you know if that's been talked about this week somebody must know something somewhere it's too it's too much of a coincidence that it's being talked about just before D23 kicks off so yeah, I'm expecting just some more meat on the bones around some of the upcoming Marvel projects. Um, what I'd like to see uh, is is pretty similar to Mr. D, really. I want to see some announcements of what's going to be going on in the parks. Uh, we've talked, said we talked about the fact that uh, Disneyland Paris is going to be mentioned at this event, which has started to become more of a thing. Like, maybe the last D23 was the first time that they talked about it properly. Normally, it's completely ignored, but they are talking about it now. Um, Obviously, we've got the second expansion being worked on right now, which, as P-Dub said, was the the Frozen area, which will have some other princesses' involvement in there as well. Um, So there might be some expansion on that discussion. 
Uh, we've also got a third gate, which was supposed to, or sorry, not a third not a gate expansion, which was supposed to be Galaxy's Edge that had been announced, but it's all gone a bit quiet. I am not sure if we'll hear an announcement on that at D23 because we believe it's up between Star Wars still and Avatar, depending on how well the new film does. So I think we won't hear that information. Um, but some, some new attraction announcements for the parks would be great. Um, and I think that also follows through to all the parks. So I think the, with the exception of the Asia parks, they seem to have projects on the go at the moment. All of them have some kind of expansion or new attractions that have been announced. The American parks don't. So I think we need to have some more announcements about attractions and not just re-themes. You know, actual new attractions. Um, so that's what I'd like to hear. But I do have this niggling feeling that all we're going to get is the opening date for Tron. And that will be deeply unsatisfactory if we do. I think there'll, I think there'll be something... They know, they know they've got it. there's got to be more. They just know with the Epic Universe coming. Whether they deliver it was, you know, to the earlier discussion is, is another thing, but they're going to have to make some noise, I think. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the thing is, Epic Universe isn't just a small expansion, is it? It is a mm. brand new park. Yeah. There's only so much that Disney can expand with and will want to expand with. So I think whilst a, fight, a fifth gate would be uh, good, I'm, I also agree with you, Misty. I just don't see it. I still <laughs> think we're at least a decade away from a fifth gate. Well, the thing is, Disney, Disney World and, and Disneyland don't have the same uh, conditions that Disneyland Paris does. So no. they don't, they're, they're not forced into needing to build no. another gate. Uh, I, I, the fifth gate will be reactionary. Yeah. They'll yeah. see how Epic Universe does, and if it's stealing a portion of visitors away even more, then they will react. Well, I don't think they'll they'll work on it beforehand. No, and I think so. In that regard, it's a bit similar to Potter, right? Yeah. You know, once Harry Potter opened, they were like, "We're announcing Avatar." Yeah. Yeah. So open think, the second land. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're. I think you're right. I think they will wait to see what happens with Epic Universe and then do something about it. Yeah. Um, but they're so slow. It's gonna. You know, they'll, they'll have lost so much ground mm-hmm. by doing that. Um. Yeah, I, I, I think major rethemes or or new attractions is the way to to best combat that. Yeah. I, mean, I think if, we'll be saying goodbye to certain things. Yeah, I think it's a possibility. <laughs> mm. I think there's some things that are absolute prime that aren't doing as well as they used to. Well, go, it, go, what would you? What would you? If you was, and I mean, the thing is, I think this is the time. Chapek yeah. is obviously a master of the axe. Yeah, uh, we've seen that already. So, if anyone is going to take a, a and everything's a beloved attraction right country bears jamboree will be beloved by somebody there's no such thing as an attraction that's at that part that is not beloved by somebody so everything is beloved but he's the kind of guy that would go sod that i can do something better with this so what would you say is the most obvious things you could see getting the axe 
Muppet Vision. Oof. Yep. Because they just don't know what to do with the Muppets. Yes. So it, it's an obvious one to go. It's, obviously, it's already gone at Disneyland. They yep. got rid of it out there. Uh, and I think Walt Disney World's version is is due for the chop. So, uh, if they're going to build an indie land at Animal Kingdom, then the stunt show goes. Because yep. that's a massive footprint. Yeah. In the same way that the, the back, backlot tour was, um, which went a while back. And yeah, it's, it's things like that that have been there for a while, but aren't as popular. We, we, we saw that, me and Nick, because they were the two fast passes we could get. Yeah. You could you could retheme Indiana Jones stunt show to another stunt show, couldn't you? Yep. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And then you'd have your Indiana stuff, Indiana Jones stuff in the Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And I mean the but thing is as well. The thing is as well, the other thing you've got nearby that I think is also equally in danger is startles. Yeah. What do you need startles for? And I mean look, I'm I'm not saying this I like I still like startles, but what do you need Startles for when just around the corner you've got Galaxy's Edge? Yeah. yeah. It, if they could come up with multiple storylines for Smuggler's Run, yeah. then Startles is redundant. Yeah. And they, and they easily could because of yeah. how it works. Um, so, I mean, that's two attractions you could act straight away. And yeah. really... Possibilities are kind of endless. Mm-hmm. What would you? I was just going to ask Mister D if, because um, you know, you, I, I like I like a stunt show as well, so I'd like mm-hmm. to see a stunt show still. But if they were going to keep it as a stunt show, what would you? What franchise would you whack in there? Yeah, um, I mean, one that sort of springs to mind would be. Well, they don't. They don't really have a centre for Avengers, do they? Really, in Walt Disney World. I mean, obviously, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy and in Epcot, but that's kind of it, isn't it? I mean, you've got obviously they've got to be careful. Yeah, because of the licensing. So they couldn't do. They couldn't do well. Like they could do Avengers, but mm. they would only be able to focus on certain. Avengers, yeah. and if you think about how Indiana Jones is done, mm. they take set pieces from the films, right? Yeah. So all you would need to do is take parts of an Avengers film mm. that don't involve characters they can't actually yeah. access. Yeah. So they could do sure. that, or, or a Black Panther stunt show. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, Guardians, but I don't necessarily think of them as... Black Panther would be the one that I would go with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He yeah. lends himself to that sort of thing. As proven in the other parks that he's mm. used in the stunt events that they do there. And and Star Tours is quite a big building because obviously it houses multiple versions of the uh, the ships. So that, that, there's quite a lot they could probably do in that without... Yeah. You know, just keeping it as a simulator-based attraction. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, obviously, Universal are, are going to be opening their their version of an escape house. You know, you could do like an only murders in the building escape house in Disney Springs. That would be uh, 
That would be an interesting D23 announcement. I've sort it, of gone off at a tangent there. but Well, you know what, actually? D, uh, Only Murders is the kind of thing you could see them retheming um, Sounds Dangerous. Was yeah. that what it was called? Yeah, Sounds Dangerous. Yeah. Where you where you watch a, a film. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. stuff happens. Like, that, that yeah. would be an ideal for that. So, mm. yes, I could see yeah. I could see that being done. I was thinking as well, because you mentioned escape rooms, and I thought yeah. um, that might be something they might announce for Disney Springs, because obviously they had the void before, mm-hmm. which yeah. there was there was some involvement with Disney, wasn't there, initially, but yeah. it was still a separate company, um, and then obviously mm-hmm. they no, no longer exist. So, I wonder if they could turn that into an escape room instead, like yeah. Universal were doing. Um, mm-hmm. But that would be outside the parts. But still, so yeah. I could. It sounds like the obvious thing that Disney could do that wouldn't cost a load of money and wouldn't take a lot of time to do. Sure. Yeah. And make the money because mm-hmm. you charge. It's an upcharge, isn't it? So. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I think mm-hmm. you're probably right there, P Dubs. I think um, I'm trying to think what might be in danger in the other parks. Uh, I think it's tough to be a bug could be in danger. Yeah. Um, I know people like it, but you know, unless they're going to announce some spin-off, which they could do. I, I've heard there's rumours of a a Bugs Life spin-off that could be coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess for Disney Plus, I don't know, but I, I just don't think people have the fun. Everyone other than Ryan, I don't think anyone else has a fondness for that film. It, it certainly it wouldn't it more... be in, in my top five or ten no. Pixar films. No, I do so... like it. I just, for the record, um, I do like oh, it. Don't get me wrong; it's enjoyable it, when you sit and watch mm-hmm. it. It's enjoyable, but it's mm. not one you're going to go. Oh, I need to watch that every year. Whereas, yeah. like Toy Story, mm. even even Cars, it, yeah. I would put above Bugs Life. That yeah. I, yeah, it's got repeatable watching. Mm-hmm. It's the Shrek 4D effect, isn't it? Where you go and watch yep. it a few times and you enjoy it, but it's mm. not something you'll yeah. go back time and time and time again yeah. to yeah. watch. Um, I yeah. just think the popularity of it now is, is kind of uh, past. Um, but yeah, that's another one I think could be in danger. Um, I think it even you know with what else is going on, you could even argue that the Haunted Mansion could be in danger. I know it's really no. popular, but yeah. there's a new film coming out. They yeah, there certainly really... could be a retheme. Yeah, there's, there's... yeah, there could be a retheme if the film's successful. Yeah, but I, I think that there'll still be a haunted mansion. I think there's yes. I, well, put it this way, put it this way. I think there's a lot of attractions that are ahead of the queue for mm. the chop. And yeah. you know, we, we we talked about some of the Tomorrowland ones. You know, yeah, the, the Speedway, um, Laugh Floor, Buzz Lightyear. Um, Space Mountain, even, even Space Mountain, yeah. Or at least, at least as a, at least it could be, it, it could be reworked. Um, yeah, I don't think they'd get rid of it, but I, yeah, no, I, I think, no. I think it would be retracked and rethemed quite yeah. easily. Yeah, and right. I still think there's there's room for expansion in Adventureland because Adventureland has got so much dead area yeah. in it. Get rid of the carpets. Mm-hmm. They don't need to be there for a start because it's yeah. just done by on a flying carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, that can go. 
And all that side, there's nothing really on that side of Adventureland because you had the, the old Pirates of the Caribbean show at the end, um, which is neither here nor there with Jack Sparrow if he's going away, if he's not going to be in the future films. Again, there's no point there. Just take out that side of Adventureland because you've got, on the other side, you've got Pirates, you've got Jungle Cruise. Yeah. But on the right-hand side, there's nothing. That seems to sum up Adventurelands in general, though. Like, the Disneyland Paris one is exactly the same. Yeah. Isn't it? You've got Pirates one end, you've got Indiana Jones the other end. Yeah. Uh, and got, that land is massive at Disneyland Paris. Yeah. You've got, yeah. You got obviously, the treehouse. Yeah. But, I mean, really... <laughs> And again, you look at that Disneyland are retheming their treehouse. Yeah, yeah. At the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm. I mean, another. Um, I mean, obviously they've got they've got things coming out on Disney Plus that you could tie into. You know, we talked about the stunt show. Well, they've got a National Treasure. Series oh yeah. Coming out. You know yeah. that yeah. could be a. If, and again, another film apparently. Yeah. After that. Yeah. So there's some, some definitely some things there. And we know I mean, Epcot's, got... Epcot's prime for retheming. Mm-hmm. We know Mexico has been on the chopping board for God knows how long. Well, I mean, they've got, you know, you've got Encanto. They must be going to put something in Encanto in the past, surely. I mean, it was yeah. it was a successful film. Um, and, uh, you know, they've, they've already been talking or they've already talked about reworking Spaceship Earth, haven't they? Again, for the yep. fourth or fifth time, whatever it is. Um, good. Bring back Jeremy Irons, is what I say. But there we are. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but should. So, yeah, I think there's I think there's quite a few things that... Well, we talked about the Imagination Pavilion, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, um, the Figment Ride. I mean, they're all... They're all got to be... You'd have, a, yeah. you'd have a look at those, wouldn't you? You'd definitely have a think about those. Yeah. Give us yeah. give us an updated figment. It's fine. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be the exact same ride. Yeah. Just give us something new. Even if it mixes in like they've talked about with like Inside Out. Yeah. Because he is a figment of your imagination. It's exactly the same concept yeah. as Inside Out. Mm-hmm. That would actually be a really good upgrade, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would, personally, I think that would please kind of both fans, uh, fandoms, yeah. because Inside Out is popular and he's new. Mm-hmm. I mean, newish. <laughs> um, but Figment has his fans as well, and yeah, they work. The idea, the concept works quite well together. You can have yeah. that one for free, Disney. Just give us some yeah. credit. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think there's some interesting ideas there. I think there is yeah. uh, a lot that they could do, and they should do. I guess it depends on how long Chapek thinks he's going to be in charge for, really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we go, um, lots of stuff coming out for for Disney Plus Day. Uh, so we got Thor: Love and Thunder is is finally hitting that platform. Mm. We've got um, the live action Pinocchio 
Yeah. One of one of two Pinocchios coming out this year, mm-hmm. as well, because uh, Guillermo del Toro. Really easy, easy, really easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is uh, he's doing a stop motion version, which I think is coming out to Netflix mm-hmm. later this yep. year. Um, so I think it's interesting. That there's two films coming out at the same time. Happy with Jungle yeah. Book as well, didn't it? Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's true, yeah. I never saw the Andy Circus one, but I heard it was quite good. Um but yeah, they're they're the two biggies. There's some other stuff as well. Isn't that the launch of the Cars series as well? Yeah. I think. Uh there's mm-hmm. a Mike Tyson series that we haven't had in the UK that's coming out that day here. Um yes. a few other bits. Not not much. I wouldn't say it's not quite as action-packed as previous years. And I'm guessing that's because it's much earlier. Mm. Like last year was in November, wasn't it? Yeah. So we had like some Christmas films come out and stuff. Um, but has anyone been watching anything? Watch Pre. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah? What did you yeah, think? I thought it was good, yeah. Yeah, we enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. I mean, even if you... Obviously, it helps if you've seen the first Predator film. Yeah, I think I think you should have seen the first, at least the first Predator film. Maybe maybe the first two, because there is a tie in there from the second one to Prey. Yes. Am I right in? Am I right in that? Yeah. Yes, you are. So yeah. the the musket with the name on it is the same musket, I think, at the end of yeah. So there is a there is a tie, but I think you don't need to have seen two, but I think you definitely should have seen one, just so you understand what the Predator is, because I think they kind of assume that in Prey, that you that you understand how dangerous they are and their capabilities and that sort of thing, and well, I, the whole kind of boss, I, but... I've got to disagree. A, I've got well, to disagree. I don't think it's essential, Nick. I just think yeah. it does help. You know, you, yeah, right no. away, you know you're dealing with something highly dangerous, and it's got these various you know abilities and things like that if you've seen you're 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 right i mean i disagree but you're right if you've seen any of the other predator films because to be honest you know the last one i saw was the predators which was awful um and predator is one of those films like top gun where i've seen it i've never watched it all the way through but i've caught loads you know i've caught it enough times on tv to know you know you mean the original predator film yes yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and when we watched this, um my wife had never watched any Predator films at all. She was yeah. familiar with the concept of what a Predator was, but she yeah. had no interest in seeing the films. So I actually didn't tell her what this was. Mm-hmm. I just put it on. But she yeah. knew um for, from that l- very limited knowledge of what a Predator film was like that this yeah. was a Predator film. So but she she managed to, to really enjoy it without having seen yeah. any other Predator film. So I think mm-hmm. it's like a lot of things. If you watch something that's a sequel or a prequel, in this in this case, of a famous film, mm. it you'll get more out of it, Yeah, especially with like Easter eggs and stuff like that, like you pointed out. But mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job of just telling a good story that yeah. anyone could actually watch and enjoy without much prior knowledge. Sure, yeah. Well, yeah, we're violently agreeing. I just think it's, <laughs> you know, I just think it's, um, it helps. Yes. I thought it, it would help if you'd seen at least the original Predator. 
and and maybe the second one just because there is a, a little tie in second film isn't as good as the first film first film's excellent second one is okay and beyond the second one I just wouldn't bother yeah I don't, I've uh, never until you get to pray <laughs> yeah I've never watched uh, Predators mm. but as I said I watched The Predator at the cinema and it was bloody awful yeah, so. I, I saw Predators and it was nah. It, 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 I did absolutely nothing, and it and it wasn't as good as as the original film. So and and the and the other kind of Alien versus Predators. Uh, nah, just forget that. Nah. Don't worry about it. Watch yeah. Alien and Aliens. Yep. You know, but uh, yeah. I quite like Alien Three. Yep, but the it first, doesn't really yeah. tie in with the other films. No, I mean. It, no. It doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, obviously, it shares a central character, but yeah. the actual feel of the film is completely different. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. But I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. Did. Enjoyed it. Saw the end of Only Murders in the Building. Mm. Likewise, that. yeah. I finished that as well. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel. I'm, I think the first season was so good and kind of came out of nowhere that it kind of took me a bit by surprise. This one, I don't feel was as good. Um, but, I mean, it was still really, really enjoyable. Like, I really did enjoy watching it, and I'm glad I watched it, and I recommend it. But I, for me, I just don't think it was quite as good as the the first. And one of the things that I really didn't understand was Amy Schumer. <laughs> it, like, was, it was the sting of season two wasn't it it was except that sting seemed to be to play more of a part yeah she just and she disappeared yeah. halfway that's, through the season what, we didn't what, see her again that's why I'm, like yeah. i mean she obviously her character does have quite an important part in the story mm-hmm. in like the second or third episode but then yeah. after that, she's never seen again, never referenced again. No. The thing no. with Sting was there was there was like a you know a kind of running joke. Yeah. Even though he wasn't in it, he was still being referenced. But, a running yeah. joke that still was running in the first episode of the second season. Right. Yeah, Do you know what yeah. I mean? It just felt like yeah. stunt casting for for mm. a weird a weird take. I'm I'm glad it's renewed for a third yeah. season. Yeah. Um. And I will, of course, be watching it. But yeah, per- yeah, personally for me, I just didn't think it was quite as as good as the first. But the first was such a yeah a- an exceptional thing that yeah it was you know I I just thought that the it was almost like they'd got feedback on the first one and said you know here's here's the feedback on the first one here's some things that we should we should try for the second one and and they just kind of stuck them in there. And they didn't, they didn't spoil it. I was worried that they would a little bit, but they didn't. But it, the changes were just unnecessary. So the two that I'm specifically talking about were swearing, right? Mm. I mean, there was there was a bit like the first couple of episodes. There were there was certainly a bit with a cop where he was just f bombing every other word, and I thought, what, why it? It was just, it was just so out of character. It was like definitely they'd said we need more swearing, so they just added swearing everywhere. Unfortunately, they dialed it back a bit later on in the series, and I just thought that that 
I mean, I've got nothing against swearing. Do you know what I mean? That's fine if it's in, if it makes sense and it's in the context. But when it was just so obviously stuck in there, you're like, nah, don't bother. Just don't bother. It sounds, then, that complaint sounds awfully similar to the very beginning of this After Dark. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's just swearing for the sake of it. The prob- the, the, what I would say on that, and I don't disagree with you, because mm-hmm. I, and again, I'm not prudish, and it didn't, it didn't bother me, but I noticed it. Yeah. But the one thing I will say on that is that's basically Michael uh, Rappel's stick. Yeah. Like, he's a very sweary person. If you ever follow yeah. him on social media, he is a very sweary person. So it when he was doing it, it didn't really surprise me because that's yeah. almost what I expect. But mm-hmm. I, I agree like, with yeah. the, the overall level of it. Yeah, it, like t- it takes script. you out a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like he took the script though. It's like somebody had, had written the script. The same person had written the script for series two as had written it for series one, and he just went right. Well, I fuck there. Well, I fuck there. Well, yeah. something else there. Well, something else there. And and it just it just kind of jarred. It didn't it didn't go with the characters, and it didn't it didn't fit the moment sort of thing. And just thought why. And then and then the other thing that just seemed pretty obvious was there was a whole bunch of tokenism in it, mm. right? in various spots and again you know fine but just don't make it so obvious you know what i mean there was just some obvious characters of like right we'll have a bit of that and a bit of that and a bit of that and then we've got a bit of everything it's like ah, okay all right if you're gonna do it at least at least sort of blend in be a bit cleverer about it you know yeah i also there's two things i noted the first one was the fact that the the turnaround was incredible if you think that the first season of this mm. like launched in August of last year and 10 months later we get the second series mm-hmm. which I look I'm not saying that they they weren't you know hoping to get a second run or anything like that but it was quite a quick turnaround considering the type of show that it was I felt you know when you when you've got like a a network show and every season you're writing, you know, 20 episodes of a show, it's it's different. You've got a huge writing team. With this, it, the turnaround was very, very quick. But the other thing was there there seemed to be lots of strands in this series, in this season, which went absolutely nowhere. And similar to like the Amy Schumer thing, just yeah. just stopped all of a sudden. Yeah. So yeah. you'd be kind of led down a path of, oh, this is where we might be going. Mm-hmm. But then it would never be referenced again. Yeah. And it was, it just, so I just don't feel it was, I think the thing that makes it and the thing that is, you know, keeps it being successful and keeps you watching is the casting. Yeah. You know, the casting is phenomenal. Amy Schumer accepted um, throughout. Mm. And I think that's why it works more than anything else. Like, I think if you had three different leads uh, in this show, it wouldn't work half as well as it does. I think that's the main the main draw and the main anchor. But I hope mm-hmm. that you know, after the success of the first season and the fact of a quick turnaround for a second, I'm hoping now they are thinking more long term and they are thinking about what a third season would have looked like. Yeah. You know, at the same time. So when we do get a third season mm-hmm. next year, it will be a bit tighter again like the first one was and not so kind of mm. loosey goosey, let's get this yeah second season out the door yeah. Um, but yeah what about you Pete Ups? 
Yeah, no, I I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm thinking they're going to have to work around a certain guest star anyway, um, so it might not be so easy to just two-horn it out the door um, like they have done. We won't say the guest star, not to spoil the, the ending of the season. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I didn't rush to watch every episode. Like We'd watch it weekly, but it wouldn't be like on the day it came out. Um, so we were a few days behind when the finale came out. Um, but yeah, I've not been watching a lot on Disney Plus, to be honest. Um, just waiting for Disney Plus Day, I suppose. We'll yeah. see what comes along with that. <laughs> He'll be going to bed early the night before, leaving mm-hmm. the uh, the Disney cookies and Disney dollars out yep. on the side for the, yep. uh, the Disney elf to appear. Yeah. yeah. Ready for so the morning. There, there is one thing I'm hoping that pops up on there, that being a, a massive Los Angeles Lakers fan, there's a documentary on hulu at the moment called legacy which is a uh, which is about the the team um since the boss family bought them um back in the uh in the 70s all the way through into kobe and shaq um which hasn't come out here yet and i'm hoping that might pop up during uh disney plus day they seem to do this weird thing with a lot of this stuff where they just wait for it to air completely yeah before doing it it's weird because sometimes we'll get things you know like only murders we'll get things like the next day so it's appeared on hulu on like monday we get it tuesday morning whatever yeah um but there's also a lot of stuff where i've been going well where is this thing and an example of that is that uh mike mike tyson uh series it's called mike so i was like what do i say next um which started on hulu I think a few weeks ago, but it's not coming to Disney Plus in the UK until uh, September, until Disney Plus Day. So, again, it feels like they're waiting to burn it out over there before we get it at all. But I think, I'm sure there's a documentary on there at the moment under the Legacy banner. Yeah. So, I think think you're, you're probably right in guessing it will make an appearance. It's just... Yeah when uh, i suppose but uh yeah i would say it's been a bit barren and this is the problem when you whack too much stuff out at once yeah. um we haven't talked about she hulk i've i've not even started watching she hulk yet um i'm yeah. waiting for a few more episodes to drop before i i start to binge the first lot uh and obviously we've got andor this week uh, no, no, well, no, we got no it's later. Yeah, yeah later September, wasn't it? Yeah, twenty mm. first September. Sorry, I was thinking of the old day. So, yeah, I think Disney Plus they will give uh, a lot of new content. I don't think mm. a lot of content I'm going to watch personally. Um, no. Like I will watch Pinocchio out of more morbid curiosity than anything else. Um, I've got no interest in the Cars series. Um, yeah. There's a few documentaries that are coming out which don't necessarily look that interesting to me either um mm-hmm. it doesn't look like a great disney plus day um i will no doubt watch thor love and thunder again because uh my wife and daughter haven't seen it but that's the only reason why <laughs> but for, but for those people that didn't go to cinema to see it obviously that's that's a biggie um yeah. but yeah i just don't think there's too much but there we go um right Let's wrap up this episode. Thank you very much, gents, for joining me. Craig, 
And if you're wondering why Craig was very silent during that last segment, he had to pop off. Uh, and that's why I didn't mute him for misconduct. It was because of that. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. And uh, we will be back uh, maybe next week with a look at the opening of Universal's Halloween Horror Nights. So check out that Universal podcast if you don't already, because that's probably where we're going to be next. Um, Also, Patreons, uh, I've updated our email. We've got an email dedicated to you guys now for dropping ideas into the Patreon-only shows that we do. Uh, The link will be in the show notes, so please, if you want to get involved, contact us there. We've had a few suggestions already. Thank you very much for those. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I can think of right now. So I will bid you all adieu, and uh, we'll see you very soon. Happy Disney Plus Day. It's such a good day. This podcast is a That Production and part of the After Dark Podcast Network.